Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the first season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Man, what a what a week already! Um, this is just super quick news. If anybody is around the uh, uh, Connecticut area, Mansfield Drive-In is playing the SpongeBob movie from 2004 all week this week. I already have my tickets for tomorrow night. Uh, I'm stoked. Drive-ins are fu- drive-ins can be fun. Uh, you definitely have to be prepared for them because in some cases uh, you have have to deal with um, warm air, the humidity, sometimes bugs, and then you got to make that decision: do we keep the car slightly on for the air conditioning and waste the battery and all this stuff? But if you've never experienced a drive-in, definitely try to find one locally to you. Movie theaters are still kind of. Um, deciding what to do luckily a movie theater local to us over here uh decided to open up um they've they've completely changed the rules with all social distancing involved like when you pick a seat the next two seats to your left and right can't be occupied unless you're you're with someone but like if there's two of you the next two seats on either side of you have to be um exited off so you can sit next to somebody but then you each get like nice little armrests. You don't have to worry about the people sitting next to you. And they're only showing classic movies. So already I went and saw Jurassic Park. I went and saw Ghostbusters. I want to go see Back to the Future and The Matrix. So uh, so yeah, if you're around Mansfield Drive-In in, uh, in Connecticut, it's near Yukon if you've never experienced it. And other than that, the other night we had an announcement of another SpongeBob spinoff. Uh, we already have Camp Coral coming out early next year on CBS All Access. We have that uh, show centered around Squidward teaching art class coming out to Netflix. And now we have confirmation that we are getting the Patrick Star show. Um, now, the the way I've read this, it's in the vein of the Larry Sanders show and Comedy Bang Bang. That's literally the two shows they point out in the announcement. Um, it's centered around Patrick basically starring in his own talk show but then you get to see a little bit of what happens outside of that talk show being done so um if ever if anyone watched the probably the most recent show i can i can think of at this moment without preparation is the muppets that was on abc so it was a show about the muppets putting on a talk show 
so think of it think of it like that um and, and i guess more of patrick's family is going to be involved with the making of this show so it's not going to be taking place outside of bikini bottom it, it is going to take place in there and they already said that the regular core spongebob uh cast members are expected to make occasional appearances uh throughout the show um man i i, I really now i've heard time and time again over the last year or so on on how steven hillenberg didn't want spinoffs. That was like the one thing he didn't want. But I've also heard from people working closely with SpongeBob that that Steven was was aware that Camp Coral was being developed and gave it his blessing of sorts. It wasn't anything cynical. And without Steven here to to reiterate that, it, it's kind of hard to say. And, and you have other people speaking for him. Um, certainly when it comes to Camp Coral, which is the first one we'll be seeing out of all these spinoffs, uh, like I mentioned, I'll have a special episode as kind of a pseudo review, and, and I'm going to try to dig through as much as I can to see where does Steven Hillenburg lie on this. But now we have these other spinoffs. So Camp Coral was one thing where it's a different art style, and it's just the, all the characters imagined as children. And, and even though for continuity's sake it's a little bit off, I'm okay with it. Like, it doesn't upset me as much unless I ever read a thing where Steven Hillenberg said, never, if you've ever, <laughs> if you've ever seen the woman, the teacher yelling about no pomegranates, which it has its own story and it's not just a, a woman not wanting pomegranates in her classroom, go to YouTube, look up the no pomegranates uh, teacher. And if I ever heard of Steven Hillenberg being like that anti spinoff, I would be with everyone else, but I'm trying to keep I'm trying to be in the middle middle ground here. I'm not going to be super supportive of all these spinoffs, but I'm also not going to trash them. But I do think that giving Squidward his own show and Patrick his own show, it, it's just going to dilute. I feel like it's just going to dilute the series as a whole um, spinoffs historically don't work and sometimes they g grow legs on their own but if you go back in time and look at the greatest spin-offs of all time they usually take a minor character from a show or somebody who appeared in one episode and gives them their own show um i i suggest that everybody go down the rabbit hole of of the all in the family universe the amount of shows that spun off from All in the Family and then would spin off from spinoffs of All in the Family. It's insane. Like the Jeffersons was a spinoff of All in the Family. And then I think there's a character from the Jeffersons who appeared twice who then had her own spinoff. And then that got spun off into good times. And it's it's crazy. But that's when spinoffs would be successful. Anytime you take a fairly popular character from a popular show and you give them their own show... It never works because there's a reason why SpongeBob works because he has Patrick, because he has Squidward. When you take Squidward out of that scenario or you take Patrick out and try to fill in with other characters, is it going to work? And especially if they're the central focus. Now, we've had central focused episodes on Squidward and Patrick um, and some cases with minimal SpongeBob, although that's more on the Squidward side. Those episodes work as one-offs, not as a whole show. So I don't know. 
I I was I was fine with Squidward's announcement because it's kind of seemed like it was going to lean towards more for more adult fans anyway. But then with the Patrick announcement, I'm like, man, they're going to overkill this. But, you know, uh, Nickelodeon has has done that enough with if you go look at their daily viewer, like their daily uh uh, shows it's all it's all it's SpongeBob with like a sprinkling of the Loud House, maybe a Henry Danger here and there, but it's it's mostly SpongeBob dominating the programming. Um, but at least other than all of this SpongeBob news, the fact that later this year I think the Rugrats revival is debuting on Nickelodeon, which is very exciting because it is the return of Paul Germain, who. I just found out, I guess, wrote a, at least 11 episodes of All Grown Up, which is insane to me. And I'm like going to try to track down those episodes and watch them because I didn't follow All Grown Up as much as I, I think I should have. Um, I don't trash the show, but I, I don't know. There was just something about it when it was on TV, especially when they changed the art style in between seasons a little bit. They shifted at least the colors and it was just off to me. And I'm like, I can't watch this right now. Um but yeah, I'm excited for that. We'll certainly have uh, special like extra episodes when when big things drop like that. So I'm super excited to see the SpongeBob movie again on some sort of a big screen. Uh, once again, Mansfield driving for that. And in this episode, I interview Mega One, who is a uh, animator on the SpongeBob movie Rehydrated collab. We had a wonderful conversation. The, you know the usual stuff. When did we first inter- you know figure out where who SpongeBob was when we first saw him? All the way to how he got into this current art style and what brought him to the collab. It was a wonderful conversation. uh, And we watch the episode employee of the month, which shows SpongeBob and Squidward trying to, to win employee of the month from Mr. Krabs. So enjoy this episode and we'll see you next time. Mega for coming on the show. Uh, this is absolutely wonderful to be able to talk with you. Uh, you are an animator on the SpongeBob SquarePants movie Rehydrated. Am I correct on that? Yep, you are correct. Awesome, awesome to hear. Now, just as usual with everyone else I've spoke to, before we can get to what you're currently doing with SpongeBob, we got to bring it back to where you first discovered SpongeBob. Do you do you remember that memory? When was like the first time you ever laid eyes on the yellow sponge? Dang. I mean, I was well into loving art by then. Um, I'm pretty sure it was like early 2005, some uh, around that time somewhere. And I was like only two, and I saw 
um, you know, that one episode where um, SpongeBob loses his house, basically to nematodes. Yep, absolutely. And, um, yeah, and um, you know, I just saw the repeated scene, Patrick, you know, slamming on him like spider, spider, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and and then just that alone made me fall in love with the show. Well, so that I mean, so that was a very early age for you and spongebob was already like this massive media character um and i i always find it interesting like growing up with spongebob constantly there i mean was this something that even though you just watched the show did you start going into stores and seeing how much spongebob was around like did that ever what was that thought process i mean i feel like a later uh along the time uh, I definitely did see a lot of Spongebob things. I mean, there was still some, like, old merchandise from the movie that I guess at that time when I was seeing, like, in stores, like Spongebob toys and uh, furniture and stuff like that. Um, like, what, five years after the movie came out? Um, yeah, so I still, I still saw a few things. Not as much, but um, there were definitely a lot. And even to this day, I still do. Yeah, there's very few characters that we've we've had that have kind of transcended generations. Um, there's there's Mickey Mouse, there's Bugs Bunny, and if you were to find a third one, it, it's probably SpongeBob. May, maybe the Ninja Turtles as well, because they've they've also remained popular for three decades now. Yeah, and also, I I would assume Mario. Yeah, Mario as well. Like out there. these multiple decade-long characters that that are household names. You could go to somebody who even doesn't watch television. You could probably find somebody older who knows Mario, who knows Mickey, Bugs Bunny, and and they at least probably know SpongeBob at this point. Um, right. Yeah. Now, so you exactly. said you loved art because I'm I'm a fellow artist as well. Did you love animation, or was did you have a different medium you liked working in? Like paint or. Okay. <laughs> well, um, let's see. I feel like what really started it, like my passion for animation, like art was SpongeBob, but animation was like the old um, 90s series, um, the Super Mario World, you know, um, just reruns of that on television. That's what really sparked my idea of animation because I was like, uh, <laughs> oh, God. I, f I felt like a cocky kid, like, oh, that looks easy. I can do that. Right now, <laughs> that is completely the opposite of my thinking. But um, at the time, yeah, it seemed like an intriguing thing, you know. I just keep drawing and drawing. And um, I guess I got back into SpongeBob after Mario. And I had, like, a, a certain passion for, like, drawing, too. Like, you know, like, first it was animation, then it was just basic drawing. Um, and it's kind of flip-flopped through the times. Like, I feel like I'm a decent animator. Like, I got, like, a set formula for my animations, or for feature ones, really. Um, and I'm still trying to learn how to, like, draw digitally. Well, that's what, you know what, that's, it's so nice to hear that, um, even though you may have started out cocky, you eventually gotten the appreciation for animation. And it's, it's funny because in 2020, it's actually easier now it's more accessible to more people on how to animate than it was back then, but it's still a tough process, even though there's more tools available for it. 
Yeah, true. Um, because I, I look, I love animation, but I never, never really went off that cliff. Like I really wanted to get into it, and and eventually I will. I know I will. But um, <laughs> just like with any art form, you if you're constantly doing it, you're just going to get better as time goes on. Yeah, exactly. So how, how so long how have you? you, say you started? Oh. No, go ahead. Sorry, Ask me a question. I. Okay, um, so how long would you say you were interested in art, you know? I, I think it was just an early age. I think, um, I, I don't mind opening. I, uh, my first three years of school was actually at a Catholic school, and there was a teacher there. Yeah, um, <laughs> eventually was taken out because of circumstances, but, um, my mom paid for this, and, and I'm glad I had those three years because at least one friend I still have to this day um shout out to Kyle there but there was a there was an art teacher there who seemed so sweet and I don't want to say seemed like I found out he wasn't he, he is a super sweet man um and as an art teacher he just made me interested in drawing and eventually one of my drawings ended up in like a town kind of art show where they would pick pictures from every grade and whatnot um and that's where the seeds were planted and from that point on it Art, I would take every art class available. I would befriend every art teacher I've ever had and, and absolutely loved it. And I honestly didn't even think about animation until SpongeBob. I absolutely loved cartoons, would draw them. I would start with like copying from a coloring book. And once I was able to get the reflex memory of how to draw the character, I would then start doing it freehand and got to the point that I could just look at a character and be able to draw them. One day I was drawing SpongeBob yeah. while watching SpongeBob and said, I could do this for a living. And uh, <laughs> yeah. didn't go down that path because of circumstances, but okay. it is what it is. Yeah, it do be like that sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned Mario. Before we get so far off topic, this question just seems seems out of nowhere, but what's your favorite Mario video game? Oh... Man, see, <laughs> I that's a that's a tricky question right there. Uh, it's like so good. Like, I mean, I like my love for Mario has kind of died down a little bit. Like now, my favorite video game is Sonic. But like since oh, Mario started, it oh all, my god, you came over to the other side, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking to someone who uh, I didn't have a Nintendo until the '64, so it was all Sega. For me. Uh, okay, okay. That's yeah. good, that's good. Um, let's see, though. Um, for Mario, uh, I guess my favorite game uh, to this day would still be New Super Mario Bros. Wii. Solely because, uh, besides Galaxy, also on the Wii, um, that was the first game that I bought on my own and love to this day. See, that's that's super special. You'll never forget the first video game that you don't need anyone's permission to purchase. You're like, I'm, I, I saved the money, and I'm, I'm buying this. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. It just feels so like you stepped into manhood. You know, like, <laughs> into adulthood when you like buy your, um, buy your first item on your own. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Now, I mean, now that you're into Sonic, I'm just going to ask you, do you have a favorite Sonic game? Like, have you gone back and played the, the old ones or solely just kind of the newer stuff? Oh, yeah. Um, I usually go back to the old ones um, now and then. 
through like emulations and stuff and i've um i feel like i've been like it's very vague like i feel like i've beaten the first three like of course the come when i say three i mean like the third one and fourth one you know oh wait. Um, sonic 3 and sonic and knuckles combined you, you don't you don't play those separately come on no, yeah, no one cool. should. Like, come on. Like, once you experience it, you can't, you can't go back, you know? So I feel like um, I've beaten those, but it's kind of vague, so I don't know. But I guess, um, yeah, it would have to be Sonic 3. I mean, conveying a story with no words always got me at the point, which is why I still have a love for, like, old 30s cartoons and stuff like that, solely because there was no, like, real voice acting yet. Well, it's a lost and, it's a lost yeah. art form to be able to tell a story through just just visual means. Yeah, especially like and in like a movie length nowadays, you know, like usually you see nowadays with just like shorts that are like around like 10 minutes, but um it's, it's so hard to see it in like actual long movies. I feel like no one could like stand silence for that long, you know. No, like there no, had to be a, an abundance of sound effects like Ed and Eddie, like those sound effects in those shows like you would need to have like thousands of them to keep you hooked with no like actual dialogue. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh I I grew up with those Sonic games and Sonic 3 and Knuckles was was my diehard favorite and uh, honestly until Sonic Mania came around and it, it's hard to explain oh, yeah. to people the the feeling of wanting a game like that because from those original games I always wanted Sega to make another 2D Sonic game and trust me they've tried but tried is the air quotes word there because there were games that like Sonic the Hedgehog 4 like yeah it you're putting a 4 next to it but it's not really the fourth game it's something new uh, and I'm so happy oh, that yeah. Mania exists, like, in all aspects. Um, and I bought it on every console. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, damn. If Mania was called Sonic 4, I feel like it would be a little more praise. Because, like, I feel like the original name for Sonic uh, Mania, like, you know, it was, like, Sonic Discovery. Uh, like, um, that definitely sounded like a more interesting name but overall besides the name like mania is definitely like one of the best sonic games absolutely uh, so bar none um so you're you're a di you're a digital animator how long have you been animating for uh let's see um i guess ever since i've gotten my animation tablet uh, my drawing tablets ever since like that i still use today um, I guess around, let's see, uh, 2015, so like about five years. Okay, um, wow, that's a, that's a decent time. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really made that much. Usually it would be like an idea pops up, I make the file, I draw the first frame, and then it dies immediately. Once <laughs> <So. laughs> you're like, oh, I gotta do this a hundred more times? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, ever since I joined, like, this collab and others to come, um, I feel like I've gotten more of a drive and motivation to actually finish, you know, some the parts, you know. Well, absolutely. Was this the first collab you ever signed up for? Oh, yes. Um, I've seen it through a YouTube video. Um, it's usually by this one YouTuber that um, 
does mainly like SpongeBob behind the scenes and um, news videos. I don't know if you know him. Um, I don't. I don't even know. Like I forgot his name. It's like is it, the V. Is it Vailski um, Bum? Yes, yes, <laughs> that is him. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> been sure. a lot of people. I mean, he he's got such a prominent channel in terms of just like animation news and whatnot. And I I was following him for about two years when he posted that video, and I'm like, I gotta be a part of this. And I've found so many other people who also found that video and then just discovered this collab because of it. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel I always wanted to join a collab, but it was always through, like, Twitter, and I didn't, I was too, like, I was younger, so I didn't really have a, a Twitter account, and I was like, oh, should I do it, should I not, you know, it was, like, toss and turn, really, but then since I discovered Discord at the same time I discovered this collab, it seemed a little easier and more flexible, so I'm just glad I was a part of it, you know? Well, absolutely. How long, um... You watched that video you joined. Did you um, have to produce anything quickly to show your ability for like what you want to do? Oh yeah. Um, so I've sold like one of those one of the animations I was talking about that I just started and end. I, I mean, it was longer because it was about the Sonic movie. Like, remember when we were uh, praised with that um, muscular, furry oh, original goodness. design of Sonic? I was like, I feel like I could make a better like version of like what I wanted. So I started that, ended it. It, it, it was longer than most of them, so I was a little proud on that. But basically, um, when I joined the collab, um, I'm pretty sure Pickleman was the one who I got to talk to. And um, I basically showed that, and he was like, can you show something um, SpongeBob related? And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can do that. And it, he said, you can choose a clip from any episode. So I choose the episode, I think it was called um, Wet Paint. You know, when SpongeBob Absolutely. was like, Flossum, awesome, what's that? You know? <laughs> Classic. So, I, yeah, I felt like it was going to be fun to animate that. And I eventually finished it in a week, and um, he said, yeah, you're good. Um, so I originally wanted an original, like, um, a later part in the movie, like the resolved um, part of the plot, um, but someone beat me to the punch, and I've gotten just the start of um, how things escalate in the movie, you know. So um, I'm still happy in that part, and I'm happy how it turned out. Um, I was just sad a little bit when, um, let's what call it, um, when I finished it, and then uh, I think the retro Oreo came out saying that he they remade some uh, scenes, like to cut them properly, to have those weird um, endings like clipped off and put into different scenes. And while I was one of the lucky ones that just had to like remove something from the animation, because I'm pretty sure it would have taken me another week to like add some things if I needed to, um, I actually added at the end of my scene like this um, part where I like it was like a short the and it was Mindy's line so I was like you know what instead of animating it I'm gonna put like that old Mindy doll from when the movie was still pop like when the movie was new yeah and they had merchandise so I just took a picture of well I not took a well yeah I took a picture from Google of the doll and it was kind of funny I like that but since you know I had, they had to really made the scenes I had to take it out so R.I.P. Mindy doll um, but um <laughs> Yeah, I'm just I, I'm just overall glad that I've had an opportunity to make a scene for this collab. Well, yeah, it's it's all it's all along your path of animation, like 
regardless, like this is just one part, and you mentioned you're you're going to be a part of other collabs, and you're just building your your portfolio there pretty much, so that every time you join one, you can go like, boom, here's the other two or three times I was a part of collabs, and here's my work, and it's all just going to be help for you for any other collabs you do. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that's essentially my plan for how I joined these collabs. Yeah. Do you um now this is for the SpongeBob movie. Do you have like an ideal movie or episode of any cartoon that you would like to see eventually done like this? Um as in like reanimated? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, um hmm. I mean it's not really a, like an official thing like you would see on TV, but I um there was this one um, animator on YouTube um, named Animated James. Do you know him? Uh, it sounds familiar, but there's so many quick little videos I watch on YouTube, I probably came across them, but I may have not either. <laughs> yeah, that's a possibility, because, I mean, he was around for a long time, but he didn't really upload that much, but he uploaded, like, a pilot episode of, like, this series called, called Sea Students, basically, like, in inspiration from his other series named Seniors and that just seemed like something that I want to contribute to him like if I ever get the chance to um, uh, build up a team or like do a similar collab like this um, over Discord or Twitter and um, uh, essentially just remake the um, that one YouTube video from the ground up because I'm actually in one well not in one but like I'm like kind of spectating in a discord server where they did essentially ma remake the um you like you know Edgeworth right yes yeah okay so basically there's like this discord server where they're reanimating the um the uh what's it called Ed in space basically like it's so sad to see because that was like the um episode where it was confirmed that Ed was dead, and I really wanted to be in that episode to, you know, basically contribute to him. But due to time constraints and the other collabs I was in, it was sad that I missed my opportunity. But, like, it's something like that, you know? Like, I mean, Animated James isn't dead, um, but um, basically I feel like his um, image on YouTube and the internet is, and I kind of want to contribute to that, like I would have to um, Ed Gold. Well, if you ever are a part of those, by all means, let let me know. I would love to, I would love to see any of the work you've done. Um, now, before oh, yeah. we get into employee of the month, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will dive right into that episode. Two thousand years later, and we're back, and we are diving into the episode employee of the month today. Uh, one of one of my favorite first season episodes simply due to the fact that for the first time we really see effort out of Squidward not to not to do well at his job but just to to spite SpongeBob SpongeBob is clearly a better employee at the Krusty Krab we all know this but right. when he starts getting a little too gloaty with Squidward Squidward wants to one up him one up him and we don't really get to see that often we don't really get to see Squidward try or care about working at the Krusty Krab. So th this was always a fun episode for me to watch. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like I definitely feel like nowadays in some of the episodes that um, one part of the series is gone, but like I still remember like old episodes like the paper or the box, where you know, like the box especially where <laughs> Squidward goes crazy over this box while um, SpongeBob and Patrick are like using their imagination and all, and. <laughs> It gets it's like so disappointing to see him realizing that there's nothing really that exciting about the box when he doesn't have the right imagination. Yeah, he doesn't. But, um, he doesn't, which is weird because he's an artist. Do you think he would have at least somewhat of an imagination? Yeah, I mean, it did strike me weird the first time I saw it, but it's just it's just overall a funny episode to me. So yeah, I like these type of episodes where it's mainly a SpongeBob and. Uh, Squidward Center episode, where Squidward is trying to one-up SpongeBob at something he is happy about, where Squidward is just doing it, you know, just to, you know, be better than SpongeBob. What's crazy? So this episode first debuted March eighth, two thousand. Um, now on this list of all the air dates, you know, there's a couple that got it in two, couple of countries that got it in two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand four. Bangladesh. Just got this episode on May 7th, 2019, which is crazy. I was was looking at the list, and I wasn't going to bring any of these up, but then I just saw that, and it was such a far-off date. I'm I'm happy, though. It's making it around the world still 20 years later. Dang, like the first time they seen it? The first time it aired in Bangladesh was May 7th, 2019. That's crazy. That is crazy. Oh man! So, well, that's hey. It's better to air there twenty years late than to never air there at all. I would uh, yeah. say. Amen. Um, so yeah, one of the big things uh, right before we start this episode, one of the big things I want to point out is that um, this is only one of five episodes that SpongeBob's bed is placed on the right side of his room and not the left. The other episodes are Help Wanted. Pickles, One Crab's Trash, and Best Day Ever. So that's a uh, a nice little short group there. So anyway, anybody who wants to follow along with us, uh, because this is the second part of the SpongeBob episode, there is no intro, so it'll start right at the title card of Employee of the Month. And if everyone has their uh, viewing options ready, I'm starting the episode now. Um, So we have Employee of the Month here. Now, a lot of stores in my experience and jobs i have not worked at a place that ever did employee of the month and i know for some for some places it's still a an achievement it, it still is done i i think home depot still has a little sign right when you're walking out that kind of shouts out a few employees and i think maybe a grocery store or two in town do that as well but there's not a lot of jobs who do that do you know of any because you're not, I'm on the East Coast, and you're, I'm guessing you're on the West Coast? Uh, yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, I don't see it. No, not really. Yeah, not so, at my job, at least. Not at your job, and, and so not at any. So this just, I know at some point, I, I guess maybe in the, in the 60s or 70s or 80s, this must have been a more regular thing to do at jobs that, uh, that Stephen Hillenberg was, was pulling from. But, um... It, 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 it just so weird to me because even when this episode came out, I never saw any jobs that pr- really promoted this as an idea. I mean, yeah, I feel like SpongeBob, like in terms of things, like 
actually representing this whole employee of the month thing. SpongeBob was like the only thing that did it. You know, this episode, uh, the movie. Uh, I've never really seen it in the real real world, actually. I it could be something from the past, or like maybe even way before that people just still reference nowadays. But um, yeah, I mean, the world may never know. The world may never know. Uh, so in this episode, SpongeBob has won Employee of the Month 26 times in a row, which means that this episode has to be at least two years and two months after Help Wanted, which is right. crazy to think about when it's not that far away from from Help Wanted. I mean, yeah, I mean, there was theories on this, um, on the series that, um, um, of time jumps in the series, like, how the movie is basically supposed to be, like, the end of SpongeBob, because it's like, they have, in the beginning, he flexes his, like, I think, 300. 374 um, Employee of the Month awards. Yeah, right. And so it's supposed to indicate that SpongeBob has been working here for a while, and then he finally, and it's a series supposed to end actually at that point where he finally becomes the manager of the new Krusty Krab. So I mean, it's it's normal for them to do like time jumps and stuff. Um, and this was kind of I feel like the first iteration of one of those like time jumps, uh, essentially. I think it's just one of those. I mean, I I it, it, hey look, it could this episode could potentially be two years after help wanted um i think it's one of those things that it's just cartoon logic they just give spongebob an exorbitant amount of employee of the month awards to just drill home that he is at the top of his game if yeah. if it was only four it wouldn't be that impressive but the fact that he has 36 is is pretty impressive yeah i mean yeah you got to be a really good employee to be getting that much. 26. Uh, I, I said 36, but the same oh, thing. Okay, High number of, of Employee of the Month awards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, still a long time. Uh, which, yeah. which uh, you know, think about this for a second. On that wall, there's no one before SpongeBob, which means before he worked there, Mr. Krabs didn't even worry about Employee of the Month. It's yeah, or Squidward was just not that good of an employee, really. <laughs> he was the only one working there, which always was... Yeah. That's why I always kind of liked the lore-building episodes of future seasons when they bring in, like, the other fry cook who worked there before SpongeBob, simply because I just couldn't imagine Mr. Krabs and Squidward solely working at the Krusty Krab. I, I guess Mr. Krabs could cook the Krabby Patties, but... Um, I mean, yeah... It just seemed weird that he would be doing all of that work. Like, he would want to have a, a fry cook. I mean, especially if, like, before SpongeBob, it was just two of them. I mean, now it's just three of them. So it's crazy to think of the amount of work that um, Squidward and Mr. Krabs had to do together to keep the restaurant running. You know, it's almost like three and a half because it's it always seems like Patrick is is a part of the Krusty crew, but is just not on the payroll. Like... There's been many right, times yeah. he's helping out the restaurant and he's not getting paid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if being paid is like what uh, Mr. Krabs is giving them like a penny an hour or something. Yeah, something like that. I don't know how the undersea world works. I don't know if there's mortgage, if there's taxes. Does SpongeBob pay taxes on his pineapple home or, or no? Because if that's the case, if he doesn't have to worry about that... And he's just saving his money for 
material items. He's getting fed at work. So, that I mean, yeah. life could work like that, I guess. I mean, yeah, it's a possibility. So here we come. Here, we're we're up on the the scene that has also become a fairly popular meme of uh, SpongeBob and Squidward breaking uh, SpongeBob breaking Squidward's alarm clock, only to have Squidward open his closet to to show that he has a collection of alarm clocks. Oh yes, oh man, that <laughs> it, it's one of my favorite uh, SpongeBob scene. memes. Yeah, I mean, besides Patrick. Um... Looking down at SpongeBob in that jellyfish episode, that 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 one was one of the funniest things I've seen when it was originally on TV. Well, not originally, like a rerun on TV. <laughs> there's Man. there's so I, I I mean I feel like I have to talk about this every time. Just the the it blows my mind on the amount amount of memes that SpongeBob has helped create, but also the amount of them that have come from the first season is a little is a little shocking. Oh yeah, like when I revisit old episodes, I see like at least one to two memes in each of them, and it's kind of crazy too, because like I've seen these episodes and I never really thought anything of it, but like once there's like a meme of it, it seems more special. Yeah, it's like oh, I see that. Well, it's because you just see that image maybe at least once or twice a day, or in some cases when it gets popular, everybody is posting their own. So then you're just constantly right. seeing those images, and then when you or watching the episode they come from, it it does feel special. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I love how, hey, and this is kudos to Nickelodeon, uh, throughout any faults anyone could give them, they completely embraced the meme culture and and showed that, like, hey, we can we can make money on this but not seem like it's all we're after. Uh... Yeah, I mean, yeah, they do do that, yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess, at least no that. one, I mean, at least no one I've seen online has given them any trouble for it. But, uh... Yeah. Here we have the, the battle to get to the Krusty Krab early, because... Which is weird to me, because it's not like... Getting there at, what, or so super early in the morning, like... You'd tell Mr. Krabs that, but I don't think it it matters to him, does it? It's like yeah, you're working off the clock. Know, like, he didn't really like seem really phased um, near the end, but um, it is crazy how like passionate in the scene um, they were to like one up each other by getting there fast. Like essentially, um, just thinking that the other is like stuck and there's no way they can get out, and then essentially just booking it to the Krusty Krab near the end. I and look, kudos to Squidward right here. Um, dragging yourself on an anchor, I'm not saying it's easy, but I would rather be attached to an anchor than to an entire burning pirate ship. Um, <laughs> I mean, damn, like I mean, yeah, it seems easier for him to like get there, especially you know since I would assume he would be like, you know, more. Uh, stronger than SpongeBob because you know sponges are really like flexible and stuff. You know? Well, also SpongeBob is uh, has shown to struggle with picking up even uh, stuffed animals, oh, like plush dolls. Yeah, <laughs> his his strength his strength varies all over the place from episode to episode. Even here, he was dragging 
an anchor across the ground with him on it, which is still yeah. impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's, still, it's pretty crazy how he's able to do that, and yet he can't pick up, like, two stuffed animals. So this is also a big episode, too, because this is the first time that we... Uh, this is the first episode where the Krusty Krab blows up. It's not a good thing. Oh, really? <laughs> it's not a good thing to mention, but it's significant. <laughs> Dang, I didn't know, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I kind of forgot about that part. <laughs> hey. um, so here we have the, the boys here trying their darndest to impress Mr. Krabs while also making mistakes. But, hey, Squidward goes the route of bribery. But then SpongeBob uh, with the... Absurd. With the left turn, putting money in the, putting money in the register, his own money. I feel like that would that would make Mr. Krabs fairly happy. Yeah, I mean, all you gotta do is give him like ten bucks, and you got the whole day off. I would assume. <laughs> I I wonder if that would work. Like, hey, Mr. Krabs, if I give you a, if I give you this dollar, can I have the day off? <laughs> yeah, I mean, only if someone in real, like a boss in real life, was like that, I would work for them, no matter what, you know. Now. There's no way to know, but it seems like Squidward... Squidward was cooking Krabby Patties there. Now, this is the second time we see Squidward cooking for the Krusty Krab. The first time was in Pickles. But Pickles, the Krabby Patties he was making were not good at all. But here, he seemed to have been on par with Spongebob. Yeah, it seems like that also varies um, between different episodes of the series. Like, one episode, Squidward and Mr. Krabs, and two are, like, terrible at making Krabby Patties, even though they worked longer than SpongeBob. And yet, um, others, they seem to be uh, on par, if not better, than SpongeBob's at some times. Now, we don't get to see who gets the Employee of the Month award at the end, but I'm just going to guess that it was SpongeBob, since by the movie he has 374 consecutive Employee of the Month awards, but he also could have started counting those after this one month. Do you agree with Mr. Krabs' possible decision on giving it to SpongeBob? I mean, I feel like, he, I mean, because you said he worked like a, about, like, what, two years? Um, yeah, according to his current wanted. his current awards is is yeah two two years and two months. Yeah, I would definitely assume like if it was like since this is the twelfth episode, it was like what um a few months or a year. SpongeBob was working there. I feel like they would give it, he would probably were more likely to give it to Squidward. Um, but since he's been working a little longer, and you know SpongeBob being SpongeBob, I feel like yeah, I agree with his decision. With SpongeBob, I mean it's SpongeBob, you know, he's it, like known to be really good at making Krabby Patties and stuff. The the argument I would give is that like Squidward has been working there seemingly longer than two years, and um, and has never shown prominence to ever be Employee of the Month. So he's showing it now. I would I would honestly just give it to the both of them. If I was Mr. Krabs, just like be, be fair. Like ah, employees of the month this month, both both of you. Um, because yeah, that would have been a good ending. Here's the thing: if he just flats out gives it to Squidward, is Squidward gonna then continue to put in worth work ethic into his job, or is he gonna go back to his ways just to be like, ah, I beat you, SpongeBob. Now it's over. Now I'm I'm gonna go back to being kind of crummy. Where SpongeBob, win or lose is going to continue to be excellent at his job. 
I mean, yeah, I feel like it would be one of those episodes where, like, Squidward, like, um, quote-unquote, beats Spongebob, and then he goes crazy about his success when it really doesn't matter that much to him, to Spongebob. Um, so I feel like, yeah, he would probably give it out um, over time, like, you know, probably an episode or so. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that is excellent. I absolutely love this episode. Um I love seeing I love seeing Squidward in that attitude so much, and and I wish they would do it uh, a lot more. But definitely keep it keep it special. Only only certain times I want to see Squidward put in effort. Um, so yeah. if you want to continue to follow the SpongeBob movie Rehydrated collab, you can follow them on Twitter. Uh, the the their username is at sb rehydrated. Um, so of course over time, I'm sure more more parts of the movie will get released and and hopefully soon enough we will get to see what you produced for the movie and if not we'll just see it a part of the the movie when it premieres next year because i i honestly can't wait to see what you what you did in this movie oh uh, yeah i do feel like i've um put in an, enough other effort to make it uh the best that it can be um for that one scene um and i definitely am proud to see other scenes that i've um saw snippets of um, finally be premiered next year. And yeah, it's just going to be very surprising and very good um, for everyone involved in this collab. Awesome. Well, Mega, thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Sorry for getting you up so early for this. But, uh, no, you're good. Thank you for having me. No uh, problem. It's a, real, it's a real pleasure to be on here. Awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll have you on again in the future, and, and thank you again. 